and turn in our Bibles. We're going to turn to Genesis 7, 1 through 4. Get my water real quick. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1 through 4, and then we're going to be turning to Deuteronomy as well. Amen. Genesis 7, 1 through 4 says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take two to three by sevens. So take two three by, to thee by sevens, and the male and female and of beasts that are not clean of two, the male and the female. Of, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. For yet seven days, let's everyone say seven days, I will cause it to rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights and have every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Let's also turn to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 15. It says this, and it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently into my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will give you rain of your land in its due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Tonight, I want to just talk to you on the subject here tonight. This is Bible study. We're going to dig into the Word a little bit. But I want to talk on the subject of the duality of rain. The duality of rain. Can you put your Bibles down? Let's pray one more time before we go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, for the rest of this service here tonight. I pray that you would touch this vessel of clay, Lord, as it ministers the Word to this congregation, Lord. I pray that your anointing would be upon me, Lord, and I pray you would touch the congregation, God, that you would have your complete way in this place here tonight, that the Word would fall on good ground, Lord, and we would have something revealed to us in the Spirit and through your Word that we may not have, have seen before, Lord. Illuminate our eyes, illuminate our our understanding here tonight, God, as we do that, we draw closer to you and understanding in you and your word tonight. I pray that you would just have your mighty way. Let everything be done right and in order as according to your word, God, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated here tonight. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. Amen. Amen. So if you've been in church for any length of time, whether it be one Sunday or a whole, you know, 60 years, I'm sure you've realized that by now that rain or the lack thereof of rain is very prominent in the Bible. It's a very common or very recurring theme of sending the rain or withholding the rain or the blessings of the rain. The word itself, rain, is used 102 times in the KJV Bible. Now, if God mentions one thing one time, it means a lot. If he mentions it 102 times, there may be a little something that's there. Um, it's referred to in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's not a, it's not a, a, a different kind of concept there. It's in, inspired many Christian artists to write some wonderful songs such as Bring the Rain, I Feel the Rain, Let It Rain, and my very personal favorite, Rain Lord. Rain Lord. Mm. I was singing it the whole time I was writing the sermon. It was Rain Lord. <laughs> In my personal Bible study, I've realized that the various ways that rain is mentioned and used in the Bible, is I, I find it very interesting, is that it symbolizes many things that are throughout there. Um, it's not just one particular thing. And, and, and the interesting thing is it's not always good, but it's not always bad as well. 
It depends on the context. It depends on the situation that's happening. It's this, it's this dichotomy or this duality of rain that I want us to kind of dig in here tonight and kind of see some things that could apply to us and how it, uh, it can change our, our kind of understanding of what God put in his word. So, so starting off, rain is often seen in the Bible as, as provision or as of blessings. That's most one of the most prominent things is, is provision and blessings from God. Uh, in biblical times, having good rainfall was, was really crucial. Um, but if it, it, it had good rainfall in its season, it meant that you were more likely to have, like a, have a bountiful harvest, that your, that your crop, whatever you had, was going to be blessed by the Lord. You had good rain, and we had abundant crops is usually what follows that. Um, if you had abundant crops, that meant that you'd have enough food to, to eat, you'd have enough food to trade and to barter with everyone else for what you actually needed. It's a very uh, agrarian society, very heavy on, on agriculture. Um, it's similar with our farmers today as well. With our farmers today, they depend on, on the rain. Except today we have a little more ways of getting around the water coming in and the rain falling. We have, can maneuver it a little bit more. Uh, but they were more dependent on it. If the rain didn't come, they weren't sure where they were kind of going to get it from. That's why being planted by the rivers was such an important thing because that was a constant flow of water. If you weren't planted by the rivers, you got to pray for the rain because you didn't have your source that was there. So it's very important in those societies. We read in our scripture text at the beginning part, uh, we see God telling the children of Israel that he will provide them rain if they follow his commandments so that they might prosper. The blessing to him. Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 14, it says, And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, serve him with all your soul, then I will give you rain of your land in its due season, the first rain, the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil. This is also repeated in Leviticus. We see this in Leviticus 2, uh, 26, 1 through 5, very uh, similar verbiage, if you will. Uh, it says, you shall make no idols, no graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land and bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. How many of you know the Lord's a jealous God, right? He wasn't going to be having that, right? If you walk in my statutes, you keep my commandments and do them, then will I give you rain in due season, that the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach into the vintage, and the vintage shall reach into the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land of safety. God is telling the, his chosen people, if you will follow after me, I will be your provider. If you follow after me when it's time for harvest, I will send the rain down, and I will bless your crops. I will bless your families. I'll make sure you have sustenance. You don't have to worry about it because I got you covered. I will be your provider, but follow after me. Amen. On the other hand, we see that God explains in that same chapter that God explains the very opposite will happen if they choose to not follow him. This is seen in verse 24, the same chapter, uh, Deuteronomy. It says, the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. Now, I don't know about you all, but I like my rain to be wet um, that's one of the more important things, if you, if you ask me. Um, dust rain doesn't sound very good. If I'm a farmer, I don't think I really want a dust storm coming through and destroying all of my crops. So I can imagine what the children of Israel, when they heard this uh, proclamation, proclamation, one of many in Deuteronomy, they said that these things will happen. Uh, if I heard that I'm getting dust rain, that may be, you know, I, I, maybe I want to follow after him because I don't like those consequences. Um, so we see that that, that 
what the rain itself is the blessing. The rain itself is the provision as well as not the dust rain, but the, the wet rain as it were. Uh, we also know that, rain's, that rain is a blessing because when we see in the Bible, God sometimes withholds the rain as a punishment. If the rain comes in as a blessing that, you know, God send your blessing, send, you know, bless this one. If he withholds it, that means there's a punishment that's coming there as well. We see this in, uh, with, for the example of Elijah. He's talking to, uh, to King Ahab, the wickedness of King Ahab. First uh, Kings 7.1, and it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Mm. You see, he doesn't even say it in 1 Kings, but we find out later in James, the book of James, it tells us how long that period was. It wasn't just for a day or two or a month or a year. No, James 5.17 says, Elias was a man subject to his passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months, and that it didn't rain that it was on the earth. The blessings of God that were upon the people of that time, that were upon the kingdom and the, and the prosperity were shut up for three and a half years because of the, the wickedness of the king. First Kings 18.1.2 says that later that it came, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah prayed that the, that the rain would stop. They said, at my word, that, you know, Lord, all my word, that the word, it will, it's going to stop, and God honored that. But God said, in my time, I will say when it's actually going to start again. I, in my time, I'm going to figure out, you know, this, this is long enough. Maybe this is, this is the time where they're going to, to get the rain back on the earth. It says, Elijah went to show himself, and there was a sore famine that was in Samaria. Because of that lack of rain, God said, okay, maybe now, now is the time that they've, maybe they've learned their lesson. One of the main factors of that, of that famine, of course, is the lack of rain, this lack of prosperity. It means that there's not going to be enough crops to go around in all this. And it's because of King Ahab's wickedness. His wickedness says in the Bible, which is a very uh, familiar thing in all the, the scriptures, usually the king, if they did evil, they're not just going to do evil like the person before. It's usually the king did evil worse than all the other kings that were before him. And this new king, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he was worse than all the kings before. And see, the next generation, the next generation went further and pushed it further. They weren't just satisfied with the current evil. They felt they had to top the next one for some reason. And it was because King Ahab's wickedness is said that he was worse than all the kings before that Elijah prayed that the blessings of God in the form of rain would stop. Now, it's in my belief, it doesn't really say in there why Elijah said, I'm going to stop the rain. Uh, but it, but it is in, my, in my belief, I believe that was done in the hopes that the king Ahab and the people would turn their hearts back to God. That they would say, you know what, God, this, this rain, we, we realize that we've done something wrong because our crops aren't growing. Our families are, are, being, you know, are being tarnished and being hurt. There's, there's something that we're missing. God's not sending the rain. And I feel that like God was saying, hey, turn your hearts back to me. I also feel Elijah could have done it just because he wanted to see the wickedness punished because that's Elijah. Elijah is very much, very kind of straightforward prophet and was very much in the kind of the heat. Lord, this is some wickedness. They need to be punished right now. But it could be both as well. The bottom line, the rain that came can be seen as blessings, and those blessings can be withheld from it if God so chooses it. The other positive symbolism of rain that we're looking at uh, is that the power of rain has it to, to quench a thirsty ground. You ever see that, like, the, you know, the, the desert, 
and you look at it, it pictures everything, and it just looks like your mouth just starts feeling dry just by looking at it because it's, it's sand and cracked ground and the sun's beating hot. It's never like a, that's why it's so great when you see like an oasis in the desert. They're like, oh, that's just a beauty. In the midst of all of this, there's, there's a, a source of water. Well, in, in the sin of the rain can be used to quench the dry land. In the similar manner, it symbolizes a spiritual refreshment and renewal that God provides for our souls. Just as the physical rain re, uh, revitalizes the earth, God's presence and blessings, it brings a deep sense of refreshment and, and renewal in our spiritual lives. Uh, we see this in, uh, in Isaiah and in Ezekiel, both when he's prophesying. God said, I'm going to re- revitalize you. He says, yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, which I have chosen. For I will pour water upon Upon him that is thirsty, and the floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon the seed, and my blessing from thine offspring, and they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. Amen. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour out the rain on those that are thirsty. I'm going to pour out my rain on those that, are, that have that dry ground. I'm going to renew them in their spirit. Same with Ezekiel 34, 26. It says, I will make them in the places round about my hill a blessing. I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There will be showers of blessing. Just as the rain revitalizes that earth, just as it revitalizes that, that ground, that harsh and, 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 and cracked ground, God's blessings revive our spirits, bringing comfort and restoration and a, a deep sense of, of renewal in his presence. Amen. Sometimes that, that, that if you've been away from the Lord, you just maybe you feel like you're going through like they call it like a dry spell. You just, you know, if you don't feel close to the Lord. And you come to a service and, man, the, the Holy Ghost comes on. You feel so rejuvenated. It's like some have heard it described as just having a, a glass of cool water. Just being re- renewed again in their spirit, being refreshed again in the spirit there. And that's what, his, that's what the, the symbolism of this rain coming to do. So we can see the symbolism on, on, on the good side as well of what, you know, what uh, it can do. Um, on the flip side, because I said this is the duality of rain here. On the flip side here, we see that the, uh, besides the blessings and the spiritual refreshment, it's in fact that rain is not always seen as a good thing. Uh, along with withholding rain as the punishment, as we mentioned, uh, we can see that rain sometimes is sent as the punishment. That this rain is sent, and what, what's going on there? So, so in 1 Samuel 12, 16 through 18, this is Samuel talking. Uh, it says, now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. It is not wheat harvest today, but I will call unto the Lord and shall send thunder and rain that you may perceive and then see your wickedness is great. And you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. I was looking at this one and one of the things that kind of uh, stuck out to me here is Samuel asked, you know, is it not the wheat, the, the, is it not the wheat harvest today? And I was like, why would he, if he's going to be sending rain on the people as a sign, why would he be asking about the wheat harvest? What, what's so special about that? Um, and I researched it some, and it said, I found that in, in Israel, the harvest of wheat, whenever they're going on, is usually in the, the May to June time frame. It's in the May to June of each year. And the weather, is, it's usually dry during that period. So usually when you're harvesting, there's usually not the rain. You got in before the rain season, so the rain har- waters your harvest. Um, but as part of that, it would have been very odd to have rain during that time. It would have been a very dry ground. So what, first of all, what God's asking, what Samuel's asking God to do is something that normally doesn't happen. 
It's got to be some kind of miracle. It's got to be something to, to show to us. It doesn't normally happen. And second of all, the effect of the storm during the harvest would actually damage the harvest. The rain, whatever, they would have got some stuff ahead of time with the barley and all that. But whatever is left in there, it would have damaged that crop. And that would have been, that would have been uh, caused fear to be in the children of Israel as well. It would have done, it done uh, damage to them. And so they could see, you know what, hey, God's not fooling around. He's sending rain during the, the, the time of, uh, of, this un, of this harvest season. And so when it comes in, it comes as, as, like, as a form of punishment, it seems, uh, to the people there. And they, they were scared of God. They were feared of Samuel as well. We see that rain also in the hail comes from the plagues of Egypt. And, of course, in our opening text, we saw as well that the rain came of the flood. And the flood was for the Noah's time as well. And I'll go into that a little bit more. So even just briefly looking at these, a lot of this is laying the groundwork. We can see kind of this duality of rain between, Lord, there's rain of blessing. When rain comes in its due time, there's in its season, there's blessings that are come there. And, and there may be rain, sometimes there may be rain as punishment, it seems, in the Old Testament, or rains that, that we really don't want to go through. And it was really this idea that this duality of rain when I was, was researching this is really what, what stuck out to me, I should say. It's that... Rain in the physical sense of the word is it's just water. It's just water. That's all, that's all it is. There is no motives. It has no will. It has no vendettas. It has no aspirations. It's just rain. And it was a tool that God used to affect people in the Bible. But what I think is important for us to realize here tonight is that even in the Bible times, even in today, rain still falls here on us in the 21st century. But the effect that the rain has on us can be influenced by our position. I'm going to say that one more time. The effect that the rain has on us, just like in the days of old, it is determined, it can be influenced by our position. So let me explain what I mean by that. So let me set this scene in a natural sense because I think you may, some of you may uh, understand and, and identify with this as well. So imagine it's a Saturday, okay, the Saturday where you don't have anything to do at all. I know some of your eyes are getting big. You can't even imagine that because the Saturdays are so busy. But it's a Saturday where you don't have anything to do at all. You're wearing your favorite comfy PJs, whatever they may look like, whatever they may have on them. And everyone else, if there's other people in your house, they're all asleep. No one is, not even the, the mouse is stirring. And you wake up and you hear the lightest pitter-patter of rain on your window, just, just slightly hitting it. And it's been hot for a while, and if you're over the age of 30, you think to yourself, good, we've been needing the rain. And you, drift, you gently drift back to sleep. The rain in this scenario is not going to bother you. The rain in this scenario, if anything, is more of a comfort to you. You're at home. You're in a safe place. You know you're okay. You have literally nothing to do. And the rain is just there to be a blessing unto you. Amen? Now, compare that with another image. Imagine you're outside, let's say at an event. Let's say a wedding. Why not? You're wearing an outfit that's not comfy at all, but you're wearing it because your significant other says that it looks nice on you. You forgot your umbrella at home, and would you know it? It starts to rain, and there is no shelter whatsoever in sight because you are in the middle of a giant field. And somehow, despite the rain, it still feels like it's 100 degrees outside. How does that sound? That field in this imaginary scenario could be right next to the house 
that you're sitting, that you could have been sleeping in. The rain is the same. The rain is the same. What changes is your position and your situation and how it affects you. The rain is the rain. When rain comes into our lives, whether it is the rain of blessings or uh, someone you know a blessing in their life as well, or maybe it is, it's a storm that's coming through your life, some rain that you, you really don't want to go through because it doesn't feel comfortable, how it affects us can be influenced by our position or our relationship with God. A great example of this story is, of this, of this idea, is that the story of Noah, which we read in our opening text, right? So Genesis 7-4, it says, For yet seven days I'll cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and, and every living substance that I made will I destroy from the face of the earth. So to Noah and his family that built the boat, the rain was a fulfillment of the word that God spoke to Noah. God told Noah, Noah, build a boat. I'm going to cause it to rain. Noah said, what's rain? Oh, okay, got it. There's going to be a flood, and everything that I created is going to die. Can you imagine the disappointment on Noah and his family if they built the boat, got in the boat, the, God sent the animals, they got all the animals in there, shut the door, and they stood there, and there was no rain. Like, God, I, I did what you want me to do. There's, there, there's no rain. But God fulfilled his word. And because he fulfilled his word, Noah and his family saw the rain. And to them, there may have been some, some mixed feelings because they knew what's going to happen to the people on the outside. But to them, they know, God, you did what you said you are going to do. You said it's going to rain. And I feel see water starting to come from the sky. Because it said at that time there had never been rain before. So they had seen that. Now, switch to the people outside the boat. The people outside the boat saw that same exact rain. And to them, it was judgment day. To them, they had the chance. They had the chance to get on the boat. Because as they're building the boat, Noah's telling the people, hey, it's going to rain. Get in the boat. It's, it's huge. Come in. Come on in. And they didn't listen. Not a single one. So the rain to Noah was a blessing. While the rain to the people outside, the only difference was their position, their relationship with God. If someone would have trusted them and said, you know what, this God that you serve, I, I think you're right. I, I think there, there could be something to this. I'm going to follow with you. They could have had their own salvation. But it was their position that changed. If the storms of life come through and, and you're in his hands, right, you're in his hands and you, you're putting your trust in him, that storm, it doesn't seem so scary. It doesn't seem as scary as it might be. There can be peace that says, I may not want to be out in this rain. <laughs> I'm out here. There's nothing that I can do about it because I don't have an umbrella and I'm stuck in the middle here and this rain's coming down. But, but you know what? I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone because my position is I'm not by myself. My position is I'm in the hands of a loving God. So no matter what the rain may come, my position affects how the rain affects me. Amen? Does this make sense? It, it, it depends upon our position. We can be like the King David said in Psalms 27, one of my favorite psalms. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp round about me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, in this will I be 
confident. One thing have I desired. One thing have I desired that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, here it is, for the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. David said, I know when life's going to come at me and, and things are, but I'm not going to be afraid. Because when it comes to me, my position is not going to be outside. My position is in the secret place of the tabernacle. My position is I'm going to be up on the rock and I can overlook what's going on. God says, I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to hide you in my bosom. Because the position changes when we put our trust in him. He's going to change my position so that during those times of trouble, during those times of storms, I'm not going to be out in the thick of it alone. He'll hide me in his pavilion. He'll give me shelter in the storm. If you're not in the hand of God, if your relationship or your position with God may seem like you've, you've drifted away or maybe it's, it's gotten a little further than what you, you've gone through, I can tell you it's a little rougher out there. Dare I say, it's a lot rougher out there when you're not hidden in the shelter of God. Because you don't have that covering anymore. How many family members and people do we know that have, have been in the truth and have been in the word and even ministers or past ministers and, and, and they walk away from the truth and you look at their life five, ten years down the road and it just, life has gotten so hard for them. The decisions that they've made and, and, and the actions without the covering that's been upon them, that's protected them from the outside forces, their position changed. And it was only for the worse. He will hide me. We could be going through the exact same storm. Doesn't matter what it is. We can go through the exact same storm. But if I'm in the secret of his tabernacle, oh, <laughs> if I'm in the hiding place of God, you can bank on the rain's going to be a lot less for me because I have my trust and my faith in God alone. When you're in that hiding place, the nights don't seem so darker. The clouds, they don't look so ominous. They're still there sometimes. God doesn't always wipe them away. They're still there sometimes. But in that time, you can rest and say, you know what? No matter what type of rain this is coming in the clouds, I put my faith in God. I'm going to put my trust in him. This works as far as just the, uh, being out of the shelter of the storm, as I mentioned, being in the, uh, a bad thing. But also it works the same way when there's a rain of a blessing that comes into our life or into the life of others around us. Because we know that, that God's no respecter of persons. Amen. That's what the word says. Is that he's not a respecter of persons. He gives good gifts unto all. Jesus even said this in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 44 through 45. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse them, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Well, what does your Father which is in heaven do? What does he do? He makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he causes the rain to come on the just and the unjust as well. He causes these good things to go to both the good, the ones that serve him, and also there's a measure of grace that's given even to the unbelievers. So when you see that, you know, we, we know that it gives to all, to, it gives not only to us, but it gives to, to everyone as well. So if that, if that reign of blessing is, is in our life, per se, and our position is, I'll just say, quote, unquote, we're in the boat. Amen. We can all agree we know what in the boat means, to get in the boat. <laughs> I would hope that it would bring upon us a, an attitude of, of thankfulness, and of humbleness to know that those blessings are coming upon us from God as well. 
If it doesn't, if we, if we are getting blessings and we don't have an attitude of thankfulness and we don't have an attitude of, God, I don't deserve this, but thank you so much for that, we might need to check our position. <laughs> we might need to check our position because there might be some pride or something that's creeping up being like, you know what? You deserve that. Mm. You see what you did there? You, you did this thing, that thing, and, and man, you, you really deserve it. And a lot of people out in the world, that's kind of like their congratulations. You deserve, you deserve this promotion. You deserve And now there may be things that you do that like, yeah, I've, I've been blessed to be able to do this. So in the world's eyes, yeah, but, but I don't deserve it. It's a blessing that comes from God. All blessings, all good things come from those that are from God that it's up above. So if we have that affects us, so if we're in, if we're in the shelter, right, if we're in the, in the tabernacle of God, that reign of blessing should also affect us differently. That says, you know what, God, I thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you've given to me. I don't deserve it, but, Lord, I need it. Thank you so much, God. That can affect our position. It's comparison to someone, as I mentioned, that's not in the boat. They may have that prideful thinking and said, I did it all by myself. And no, you didn't. <laughs> no, no one ever did. May I throw in as well that if we, if we see someone else, because it rains and the, the sun and the rain gives, it said to the good and the evil, to the just, the unjust, all these are good. If we see someone else getting a blessing, amen, we see someone else being elevated or we see someone else getting something as well. If we are in the shelter, right, if we're in the hands of God, our attitude also shouldn't be one of jealousy. It should affect the blessings of God, the rain that falls on others would affect us differently too, right? Because if we see that rain falling on someone else, my first reaction shouldn't be, why are they getting that? Where's my rain? If that's their rain, I, I've done X, Y, and Z. I've done all, no, no, check your position. Check our position because our position should say, hey, you got a blessing awesome. I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad that the Lord is blessing you and, and, and doing this in your life because we don't know what they could be going through that they needed that blessing at that time. We may have been rained on for year after year after year. If we've seen someone else one time get a blessing, it should not ruin our whole day. It says, Lord, I'm in, your, I'm in your covering, right? I'm in your hand. My relationship is with you. So when that rain comes down, Lord, thank you for blessing my brother. Thank you for blessing sister so-and-so. Thank you for blessing brother so-and-so with our testimonies that they give. Because God reigns and it gives us to others. It's not all just about us. We all have our own race to run. We are all, we are doing this together, but it is a solo race. We cannot, I cannot get anyone else to heaven. You can't get me to heaven. We're all, we're all on our own race. As a teacher said in school, keep your eyes on your own paper. <laughs> Romans 12.5 says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. If you have someone that's rejoicing, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much. It doesn't say be jealous over those that are rejoicing. That's not in the word. You won't find that. This will be another sign that's affecting us in a bad way to check our position. So I talked about this, the position and how the rain can affect it, whether it's in, in the storms of life or whether it's where the blessings coming down on you or coming down upon someone else. And maybe we should check our position. So how do we check our position? I'm probably sure you already know the answer. Anybody want to give a, give a glance of how we check our position, how we're at? The Word of God and that's right. That's exactly it. It's, it all, it seems that so many of these ideas and so many things are maybe like higher elevated and it all really boils down to is a lot of it is prayer and the word of God. If we are checked, if we feel that we are out of that, like if any of these things I mentioned, like I said, being out in, in the rain and Lord, I don't, I just don't feel that position, pray about it. 
and say, God, am I, am I moving further away from you? Because I know you're always there. I, I can have the own, we all have our free will. We can move away as much as we want to and put, put ourselves and put some distance between us and God. But God continually draws. God says, move close to me, come to me, and I will be with you. So we can pray and get in the word and say, Lord, I need you. <laughs> I want to be, hide me, like David said, hide me in your tabernacle. Hide me in your pavilion, Lord God, so that my position is right. So when the rain does come, and it will come, it's not an if, it's a will. When it does come, I am be ready and prepared, Lord, because I know that you're by my side. It's much better to humble ourselves and pray for God's covering than it is to stand out in the rain and think that we can handle it all by ourselves. Because sometimes, you, was it you need an umbrella before you realize that you need an umbrella? It's better to get the umbrella before it starts raining. Because in that case, when, when you're in the midst of it, oh, Lord. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't prepared for this. But if we're walking with God faithfully, we're going to be ready for it. Amen. Let's all stand here tonight. The duality of rain. Where do the blessings come from? Blessings come from God. The rain comes from God. But it's affected by our position. At the end of the rain and the flood, and all was done, the, 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 the boat rested on top of the mountain. You know, the, they sent out the, the doves. They sent out everything. Noah got a promise. Noah got a promise in the form of the sign of a rainbow that God would never flood the whole earth again. So after the promise of the rain that said that God said, I'm going to flood the earth, I'm going to rain, that came through. But God gave him another promise and said, I promise you again, I'm never going to do it again. He got the promise. It reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite singers, Dolly Parton, said, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you sometimes got to go through the rain. <laughs> I was like, you know what, that is so true. It's sometimes for us to get to the promises that God has for us, we might have to go through the storms. We might have to go through the, those storms that we, that we really don't want to. But on the other side of that storm, which we can't see because we are not omnipresent and don't know everything in the, the end from the beginning, we just see dark clouds. But God says on the other side of those dark clouds, I have something waiting for you. I have a promise for you on that other side. They say the saying goes, you know, only things in life that are certain are death and taxes. Well, I'd like to also add that in each and every one of our lives, it will be certain that there will be rains of blessing and there will be storms. It's going to happen. If you, maybe you're going through one, be ready for the other. <laughs> maybe vice versa, but it, it will happen. It depends on how we're prepared for those. How it affects us will depend upon our position. I was coming on the way to church here and we were listening to, to some music. Uh, Becca said on her Pandora, the, a channel that's for us on the 90s, uh, Christian hits, and that's because I... We, we love the 90s, so it is what it is. And uh, had some good, you know, Stephen Curtis, Chapman, Clay Cross, somebody, for him, it's all good. And uh, a song came on, and I, I started listening to it, I was like, those lyrics are really good. I, I had never heard the song before. And, uh, and she's like, you've never heard this song? And I was like, no, it's escaped my, apparently, my purview in the 90s. I did not see it. And so I was listening to it, I was like, he's got a good voice, it's, it's really nice. And, and, uh, and I listened to the words, and I was like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> This fits exactly with what I was preaching here tonight. The chorus goes, sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered peace, be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean that he will. Sometimes he holds us close and lets the winds and waves go wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, other times he calms his child. 
And I thought, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, that is so, sometimes when we're in the storm and we're in the rain and all that, sometimes that storm is going to come. And sometimes God can say, Lord, you know, I'm not ready for it. And God can take away that storm, whatever it may be. But if he does it, he can calm his child. He can reassure you, you know what? You're in my hands. You know, you're in the tabernacle. You're in the hiding place. You're on the rock. I got you. I got you in my hand. I thought that was so great how that ministered to me on the, on the way there. And I just want to share that with you as well. If we put our trust in God, we put our position, our relationship fully on God, stay put in the everlasting arms of God. We're going to make it. No matter what, we're going to make it. No matter what comes our way, no matter the rain, no matter the storm, no matter the blessings, whatever it comes, Lord, we're going to be ready. Amen. Sister Becky, there's an old song.